Hello and welcome, folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and today is March 22nd, 2018. I'm your host, Joe Monday, and you're listening to RSF Radio, the show where we talk about everything that's been going on on the front page of our Street Fighter throughout the week, uh, which is kind of a lot of stuff this week. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow the Reddit fighting uh, or... <laughs> At Reddit SF on Twitter, however, uh, or me on Twitter, but just at the Pitt Alumni Dinner, um, Distinguished Alumni Dinner tonight, so it's going to be a sloppy episode, folks, if you can't tell already. If you can't tell already, it's going to be real sloppy. Welcome to a very sloppy edition of RSF Radio. Uh, and without any further ado, let me first talk about uh, what's been going on with the update check into the RSF sponsorship, which is going quite well, I would say. We got Chris CCH already funded to go to to go to NCR, but we've got a select voting is open now for what players we want to send to Combo Breaker. And right now, currently, way out there in the lead is Neon V and Tourniquet. Uh, Clearly, those two are kind of neck and neck as it turns out, like with like by thousands, I'm not talking like hundreds of votes ahead, thousands of votes ahead. That's a significant margin for the both of them. Uh, in which case, I would say, what if those thousands of votes got turned into thousands of dollars? In which case, we could send both of them to Combo Breaker and then have like a war chest on the back end in addition to who we're sending the Combo Breaker to go to Evo. I think Evo will probably be the next uh, RSF sponsorship. Just the way that the timing works out between Combo Breaker and uh, and NCR. Like how, how we were currently functioning on our schedule. Things got all fucked up obviously because we got funded almost immediately for NCR which we were not anticipating. Uh, so regardless, Evo will probably be the next one so we'll kind of have that in have that in the back of your minds uh when i guess voting with your dollar when it comes to donations to the uh the sponsorship drive uh and of course that link will always be shared in the comments while it's still active which is currently until the next week actually mm, yeah a little less than a week from now i think i have it ending on the 28th so six days from now is when like the deadline ends for donations for this current drive sponsor Chris CCH and then immediately following that we'll start up a new drive for uh, Combo Breaker with the winner of the votes which no we won't hmm. sorry about that it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna end up being like on after the six because that's when the voting ends uh, but we kind of got to get ready for that uh, so I'll have to start the drive anyway that's all Inside baseball, you guys don't want to hear about. So let's get into the news. Cue the news. No, we don't have a. I'm looking at my producer. She says we don't have a. A clip for that. We don't have a a sound bit for the news reel. Regardless, hella news coming at you down the pipeline, which isn't getting as much exposure as I want it to, because this is fucking nuts to me. Okay, so. Uh, 
you can clearly see in this video, if you're watching the video evidence of this, uh, and this has been stated by a number of different pad players, that in fact, uh, and not this isn't as shown, they show it with a PS4 pad, uh, but this has also been shown with a uh, with an Xbox controller. Uh, Luffy says that it, it functions the same way on his regular PlayStation controller, so it's not a converter issue. This is just a Street Fighter 4 issue on the PS4 that pads, for whatever reason, I, I I tried to like think backwards of how this would even be possible, but for whatever reason, randomly, they just decide we won't down back. Down back won't be a thing that we can do, because this person shows it with the, the controller tied to both a PC and a PS4, Holding down back on the controller, very obvious, it's the same input for both systems. One shows down back, crouch blocking, the other shows walking backwards. Even shows with the jab of, there we go, like there's clear evidence that I'm pressing jab with this and it's crouch jabbing, same controller, same issue. Uh, and it's, it's blowing my mind that this isn't huge news. It's crazy to me, right? Because crouch blocking... It's kind of important when it comes to general defense in Street Fighter, period. Not even just Street Fighter V, just in general, crouch blocking, you might want to be able to do it on command if you want to do it. And the fact that this has been brought up by a number of major players, uh, leading players from last year's uh, Capcom Pro Tour, that also play on pad. This only affects pad. This does not affect... Uh, fight sticks from pretty much all results show that this is not a fight stick problem this is a pad problem across all pads not just the the dual shock four many other pads not just a converter issue this is a pad issue across the board why does this happen i i don't know why it happens and i don't know why people aren't talking about this because this is fucking insane to me like it's so crazy that it's one of those things where if this isn't fixed by the next major, then this is a problem. Like, this is a capital P problem that needs to be fixed. So let's boost some signal here. I've been trying to retweet this and tweet this out uh, through the Reddit SF account. Uh, the official RC Fighter account just trying to get awareness here that this is a problem. I know Javits has been doing the same thing. It's blows my mind. It's not as bad as a root kit, but damn, is it not far off? Fuck, man. All right. A little weird news here. A little shakeup around Psy Games. Beast TV, also in affiliation with Adago Nahara. If you're familiar with the... Um, we talked about last week, you'll remember uh, on the Kimono Michi covered a lot about Daigo and how dope he is in the long set. I really want to see that Daigo Lupe run back. I, I want to see a, a Lupe versus Daigo first to 10. I want to know how that goes. Uh, but I'll, I'll p I won't say it on into a microphone. Anyway, uh, regardless, some shakeups with Psy <laughs> Games. Um, first and foremost, they're welcoming Gamer Bee. Uh, they are welcoming Christitarian, and they're getting rid of uh, Snake Eyes, unfortunately, and PR Balrog, which is 
unfortunate. Oh wait, no, uh, they're not getting rid of. I'm sorry, I, it's, I misspoke. They're not getting rid of PR, PR Balrog. PR Balrog stays with Daigo. Snake Eyes, though, however, will be out, uh, which is unfortunate because I feel like Snake Eyes was. Hmm. I already said the was word. Was a very strong Geef player, Geef main, and I respected it. I, he was one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, I am, and I will stand by that bias. That is 100% true. His Geef was one of the best there ever is or ever was. Uh, which brings us to our next topic of look at this hype reel of Zangief. Uh, oddly enough, Street Fighter V Zangief, uh, which Snake Eyes was not really known for. Uh, he was mostly known for his Street Fighter IV Zangief and his ability to apply an SPD in the neutral. Uh, and just that stand like kick of his, that stand like kick into green hand was like, mm, that was that buttered his bread. That was his moneymaker right there. Or that stand medium punch, that Ric Flair chop from downtown. Ooh, my man got footsies. Uh, it's classic Snake Eyes. Zangief in the current version of the game, and currently in season three, Zangief is not good. Not conducive to the way that that dude played. And that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for him. Maybe he should play Abigail. Maybe everybody should play Abigail. But regardless, things didn't work out for him, and I just want to share this video of Snake Eyes uh, bopping some fools, because that's always a treat in any game, any way, any fashion. We also want to congratulate Oil King. Uh, if you remember from a couple way... Man, how long ago was that? How many episodes was that? More than a dozen, at least, of talking about the Capcom Pro Tour, Capcom Cup. I had Oil King going pretty far in the bracket, in my fantasy bracket, but... Unfortunately, things didn't work out for him. Uh, but congratulations to Oil King for being picked up by UIU. Uyu? How's everybody saying that? What is the consensus on their name? Can someone maybe like double check with me in the comments of how how that goes? I haven't heard them say it out loud themselves. However, I do want to say, uh, in addition to this, uh, Oil King seems to want to do an AMA on on the sub. Uh, I don't think that's been scheduled yet. Quasimodox, Quasimodo X has been working that out with him. Uh, we'll figure that out to come down the pipe in the future. That will happen. Uh, but I also kind of just want to give a shout out to UIU.gg. Uh, they have, in addition to picking up a number of very strong players, which they have already done, they're also positioning themselves socially as being a major influence within the FGC and esports in general. Uh, and I wonder, mm, this actually wasn't posted to the sub, but one of their current employees made a very long blog post about uh, Hunter. They made a very long blog post about what they thought being an esports manager was to them, specifically within the FGC, which if you read that before they, because like, I think it was just hired today, in fact, or at least publicly hired, and it's what? That was earlier this morning. He wrote a blog post maybe one or two days ago. Yeah, and he laid out basically his plans for what he thinks an esports uh, manager would be, specifically within the FGC, and I think they're following that to a T. Like, their goals align directly, and most of what he says in that blog post, I am in pretty much 100% agreement with. They're making moves. It, like, it doesn't matter what, like, 
if it's the correct move, it's just that they're throwing everything at the board and they're seeing what works. And within the FGC specifically, because it isn't, the FGC is not major esports yet. Let's face the facts. Like, we're nowhere near the numbers of major esports. Even look at Evoke as compared to, like, the International, for example. It's dwarfed. And that's our biggest event. Now, stack that up against what we typically do with our normal events within the FGC of, like, this is FGC family. Uh, this is run by and is for the FGC. We all know what this is about. Think of things that are not on the Capcom Pro Tour. How many views is that getting versus any other game within esports? Minuscule, like for example. So what can you do to bring more viewers into the FGC? Which I think is a good thing, obviously, because I like people enjoying fighting games. I've been very clear about that, and I want to be clear about that in general. That more people within... The more people that can enjoy fighting games, the better. Like, they don't necessarily even have to... I don't know. That's like the weird thing to think about of like how those people interact because how they interact with fighting games right now because it's so widespread across so many different games it's it's kind of a mess. It's kind of a hot. It's kind of how I am right now, a hot mess. Mm. But if you look at where it is right now in terms of numbers, it's nowhere near like major esports so we're not esports however there's a lot of companies investing within esports within the fgc does that mean that they're going to like financially take over i don't think that's even possible with the amount of like actual player interaction versus the amount of return on investments of those corporations it's not immediately enough they have to look forward to the long haul they have to plan ahead they have to think about they're not going to see that ROI right away. They can't. And I've talked about this on this podcast before, but that's just not a thing that happens with me. You've seen so many people rise up and die. So many, uh, so many sponsors come to fruition and then fail just because they can't sustain the market. The market doesn't sustain them. Uh, there's just not enough money coming back to them. So what do you do? You reach out to everyone and everything because fighting games are great. We know that. People who are listening to this podcast know that fighting games are great. So you kind of always have to be thinking, how can I introduce more people to how to enjoy fighting games? Because to me and you, that's obvious. To someone who doesn't understand or doesn't get why some things are exciting. Someone who doesn't understand, like Dragon Ball, for example can be very exciting to watch for a lot of people. Like, they see that and they say, oh, this is an anime that I liked. This looks like uh, the anime, but I don't really understand fighting games at all. And it's kind of a mess to watch visually. Like, I kind of don't know who's winning at any time. Like, help those people. Help them get into it. Let's just be a harboring, a safe harbor for anyone who wants to learn in general. But, all right, off my soapbox, we'll get on to the next topic. Sorry about that. Spent a little bit more time on that than I probably anticipated to. Again, hot mess tonight. Winking into the camera for those who can't see. Okay, uh, next bit of news. Uh, looks like the 30th anniversary, uh, there were some worries that it was kind of going to have speeds that are a little bit faster than what we're used to. Uh, not quote-unquote arcade perfect. Uh, that has been addressed 
it looks to be very similar to, if not exactly arcade perfect. So all good on that front. And then people said, but it doesn't have a training mode, which those games didn't have training modes. So, okay, that's fine. But it looks like, oh, guess what? Fuck you guys. They do have training mode. Awesome. That's great. Uh, And everything looks like it will be included, which is great. I'm looking forward to the 30th anniversary of uh, Street Fighter. There's a lot of games in that bundle. And it mm, is it retailing for 40 or 60? I should actually look into that and know that by the end of this podcast. Uh, regardless, folks, uh, this is good news. This is something that I actually didn't anticipate to have training mode. I kind of expected it to be a slapdash because, listen, Capcom has repackaged Street Fighter 2 and other Street Fighter games, Not most, but mostly Street Fighter 2, so many ways. It is like a processed good. It's like processed cheese. It's not actually cheese. It's not the cheese you want. It's not what you actually want to eat. But it'll sustain you. It'll hit that. It'll hit that. Um, that desire. However, I was proven wrong apparently because all reports seem to be that Street Fighter Two, or I guess I should say this just in general, the 30th anniversary collection, is true to those games. And in addition to being true to those games, uh, we'll have training modes for people to enjoy. And that's awesome. Uh, that's just, that's super good news. Uh, hopefully that, hopefully everything works out and this could be something that could be used tournament side, um, utilized by the community in general across multiple games. Like if you have a PS4 on site, download this, boom, you have it on the console for any station could be turned into a whatever Street Fighter you want station. That's awesome. That's super good. I'm very excited about that. That's great. Uh, I can't... We don't know exactly how it will will turn out. I am very much a person to be very skeptical of everything that the video games media will say to you out loud. Mm, Just realizing I'm kind of now part of video games media, so don't listen to me until it's actually a thing. We don't know yet. Uh, It's not an official product yet. But I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for it because there's so many games in that package. Uh, And I can't wait to touch that package. And you can quote me on that. Put that on the back of the box. I can't wait to touch that package, said Joe Monday. Um, That'll probably be a title of the episode if I can remember later on. But we'll see. Okay. Next bit. All right. I hear you guys don't like Abigail. What's up with that? Uh... Does Abigail break Street Fighter? Is he not Street Fighter? Maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. But right now, we can kind of talk about how to deal with Abigail uh, and the things that you can do to shut down the bullshit because there's kind of a lot of bullshit. Uh, Major players, and I would tend to agree that Abigail is one of those characters that he could go half around, uh, lose a little bit of health, gain two bars of V-meter, pop V-trigger one, and then, uh uh-oh... The round could be over if he has a little bit of meter. It's it's up to you to decide. You got to flip the coin. And if you're right or wrong, who knows? Who's to say if you're correct? Um, regardless, a lot of people said that, and a lot of people feel that way about Abigail. But you don't always have to feel that way. Uh, there are things that you can do to manage Abigail. Uh, and this was a really good video and write-up by MZ. Actually, MZ Oak4. Uh, 
wrote up like you don't have to worry about Abigail so much just train and practice these things you can get better at blowing up Abigail doing the bullshit this does not necessarily address some other things that are super bullshit about Abigail for example that stain hard punch donde esta hurt box I don't know no one can find it I have my best sleuths on the case I hired a gumshoe to, to, to detect where the hurt box hurt box was and they haven't reported back they might be dead in the river somewhere Abigail murdered them sorry sorry no hurt box as it turns out on that regular stand hurt stand hard punch oh well perhaps that'll get fixed in a mid-season patch I imagine there's gonna be a mid-season patch I keep saying I keep saying that into a microphone and out loud because I so desperately want there to be because I don't think season three is particularly I don't want to say it's not balanced correctly but there are things about it that are just like fucked up that shouldn't be fucked up it shouldn't be this way uh, regardless uh, this post and this write-up by MZ Okafor you should read if Abigail is giving some trouble uh, because even if there is a patch you'll be even stronger in season 3.5 so you have no reason not to look into this if you want to be competitive if you don't want to be competitive uh, then fuck you I guess alright next topic about how to beat Abigail in fact <laughs> we got an Ibuki <laughs> tutorial uh, by Icono Clack Clack mm, Clastic si mm, no that's just probably Icono Clast 11 they're probably using like Roman numerals but like the the capitalization is probably not caught by that. Regardless, uh, this shows off a whole bunch of Abigail bullshit that is manageable by Ibuki in a number of different ways. Like, if you can react or have a little bit of good reactions or maybe you're watching of how to react to something, uh, this is a good way to body an Abigail. Like, Ibuki can get some major damage uh, if she just has uh, the pickups. A lot of this is like the Abigail smash, like obviously you can crush counter that. However, there's a lot of stuff later on in the video of like, how do you, how do you beat a, man, there's so many punches for that. Uh, like it's a five and a half minute video of like raw punishes of a lot of the bullshit that Abigail can do. Like for example, if you're worried about Abigail running forward, Ibuki has a walk back speed that's fast enough to beat the throw. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so you can escape that escape 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 that for free just by holding backwards and then punishing on the whiff huge game changer for people who are just hit the panic button and let's say jump backwards in reaction to a run don't do that you don't want to run you don't want to jump backwards not good for you not good for your health alright moving on because I'm done talking about Abigail because I don't want to downplay the character that much because I might pick him up later that's not true. I'll never, I'll never betray my Geef mains. Geef Nation is always strong in this one. All right. Talked about this last week. A Minot compilation. A moment. Minot moment from Javits. Uh, however, this time, it's a Chun-Li moment from Javits because he's been posting about that a lot and has been picking up on a lot of other players who have also been picking up on Chun-Li because I think she's a little bit better in Season 3. Uh, she's not back to what she was in in season one, obviously. Uh, IA legs was very strong back then. It's still strong in some regards. It's still effective in the same ways that it was effective in the moment, but just like on block, 
obviously she doesn't have the she gives up the advantage if you block it so it's it's a risk that way of giving up your turn regardless i think chun li can be especially with v trigger 2 there's a lot of really cool stuff here uh, and javis thinks so as well uh, and so he put together a huge moment here uh, there's a lot of information here that i would highly recommend looking into because i think that chun li is viable in season three and you should look out Especially with that V-Trigger 2. There's a lot of things she's capable of that you might not be ready for. Uh, and I look forward to seeing some Chun-Li mains body some people in Season 3. I was thinking about MOV. Is he going back to Chun-Li? He's been playing Chun-Li recently? I actually don't know. Because he switched off of Chun-Li late Season 2.5. I'll have to look into that. Because he wasn't at Final Round, was he? He wasn't. No. Hmm. That's a little bit of internal thought. Let's uh, look into that for later, in a later episode. Uh, regardless, okay, here's some more tech, if you want to talk about tech. Uh, this time relating to Yurian. Uh, so this was shared by Sien, and a lot of people were like, okay, this is kind of cool. Sien shared some tech with me, and I was like, alright, I know how to, to beat a Yurian. Um, to which I say, what it is, is that Sien showed off uh, how to beat Yurian's target combo, which is the forward medium punch into the forward hard punch overhead, right? It's a target combo. This was a unannounced changed. This was an unannounced change in season three that that particular target combo is now a true block string. Caveat, if it's mashed out. Huge caveat, which is actually not talked about in this video. It's talked about in the comments of this of this post, which I think is important, but to the number of people who were watching at the time, they might not have learned this. And I don't know if this was addressed in a later video or at any other time. Hopefully CN knows this. That in the higher level play, you can stagger the target combo for Yurian of the forward medium punch into forward heavy punch overhead uh, into being a staggered frame trap instead of a true block string as it is currently if you mash it out. So what he shows is Yurian mashing out a the target combo versus Yurian doing forward medium punch into a crouching light kick. Fair enough. That's a mix-up that's gotten people a number of times because they're very used to uh, not pressing buttons after the forward medium punch because they suspect that the Yurian will do a untrue, which it used to be, an untrue block string into the target combo. Not the case anymore. Um, you don't... That's like the thing. I, I want to say that you don't have to respect the the true blocks, the, the frame trap nature of what it used to be, but at a higher level, people will... You kind of have no reason not to... As a Yurian player, you kind of have no, as a high level Yurian player, I will say, you kind of have no reason not to stagger that, just in the off chance that they will. If you plan on going towards the overhead, if you want to hit that overhead, if you're going to press it, especially if you have V trigger activation on deck, I can't imagine a Yurian doing that, a high level Yurian doing that, without staggering the cancel into the target combo. I can't imagine someone doing that. I can't imagine a strong player like Nemo doing that, or Dogura, or anyone that has a high-level Yurian. What this video shows is that, oh, I just mash a medium punch after the forward medium punch, and I'll punish the crouching light kick every time. Actually not true. Sorry, Sian. Not true. 
and you should look out for it, and you should know that they can stagger it, which actually makes that a little more dangerous than it was uh, in Season 2. It's like you have more knowledge only to hurt yourself with. All right, regardless, moving on to the next topic. Okay, getting into some final round shit. That's right. Uh, there was an Alpha 2 tournament, uh, which you can all be excited for, and you can play some Alpha 2 uh, with the 30th anniversary collection. Uh, if you never played that game, uh, it is considered to be the best version of, of Alpha. It, this is a, a hole in my Street Fighter uh, of my personal like games that I've played. It's a hole in my uh, gaming abilities. Uh, however, uh, this is a really good example of Justin Wong being old-ass Justin Wong of playing that keep away game, earning that little bit of life lead, and just doing his thing. Very well played by Rose. Uh, and just a well played set in general between uh, Justin Wong and Shim Blanca, uh, the owner of Final Round. Uh, regardless, we'll get into that in a little bit if you too are in the future, but we're not quite there yet, folks. Uh, fun tournament, and I highly recommend checking that out. Watch it on the official streams. All right, let's talk about some more flying around hot shit. Infiltration, in fact, uh, announced his new sponsorship in probably the coolest way possible of shedding that Monster jersey, still sponsored by Monster, uh, and wearing a Panda Global shirt. Uh, <laughs> and All right, let's reverse this video just a second to this frame right here. Very good frame. Uh, video, enhance. Yes, enhance turn 15 to enhance okay uh super hype moment and super happy for big congratulations to infiltration for getting sponsored by panda global uh that's a great pickup for them uh he's a very strong player has been playing very strong and i believe will continue to play strong throughout the duration of season three his monot is a fucking problem uh however for anyone out there who might be considering esports and thinking about sponsoring players Look at the number of sponsors on the back of Infiltration's jersey. Think about the number of corporate entities involved which are required to send one or a team of players to a single event or multiple events throughout the year. To the ability to even sign a contract with a player and sustain them as a, as a career. Look at those sponsors. Like, that's... That's a number of entities. That's in the pocket of big esports. That's a lot of names. Uh, and I'm not saying that as like a blow up of like, look at how much like money there must be. Like, there's not a lot of money. I want to point out that like, it's it, it's a fucking grind. And specifically within the fighting game community, within that realm of the umbrella of esports, it can be really fucking tough. Geico is the top build sponsor on that shirt. Geico car insurance I mean I, you're used to seeing car like the thing about cars and car logos and race car drivers getting all those patches on their jacket like like K Brad has this is not that dissimilar Geico number one think about that think about that you got that little lizard selling you or I'm sorry he's not a lizard he's a gecko I misspoke that's that's offensive for me to say out loud into a microphone to all lizards out there and to all geckos. Um, the Geico Gecko 
sponsors infiltration he loves infiltration his monot and everything that he stands for uh and so do we so congratulations to infiltration i just want to put that in the back of your heads of look at all those sponsors look at all those names Hell of a way for infiltration to reveal it, though. This was very well planned and timed out by uh, by Panda Global, and big thumbs up to them, and good luck to them in the future. Hopefully they're uh, positioning themselves the same way that UIU is positioning themselves because they're doing a fuck ton of work uh, in the FTC in that realm of esports. All right. Uh, that was a little bit of a highlights into final round, and here's a little bit of uh, exposition to what's going to be on the rest of the show, we're going to be talking about final round. Uh, that was this past weekend, and it was one hell of a show. Uh, I wish so hard that I could go back in time and actually put money against Sonic Fox. So many people were like, Sonic Fox free. And I kind of knew in my heart it wasn't going to go that way, but I wish I put money to it. I'm not a gambler with actual money. I'm a gambler because I play Zangief. But with actual money, I'm, I typically I typically don't throw down. I should have thrown down. The odds on these payouts had to have been crazy high for people to be willing to bet so much money on Sonic Fox. I am bummed out. I didn't get in on any of that action. And you should be too. But that's a different game. That's, that's Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which is a fun game. And people love it. People love to watch it, sure. Uh, which was featured at Final Round. However... Let's talk about Street Fighter V. Uh, I, for one, am super excited to have seen Neon V's name up there in top eight. Uh, his match against Dogoro was super impressive. Uh, dude put on one hell of a show with his Colleen, and I think that's rightfully so. I think he's one of the strongest players in the U.S. right now, period. Um, the only other U.S. player was Knuckle Dude, who, again, very strong player, has consistently been a strong player for couple years now uh and just want to point out that neon v did a hell of a job and in fact if you think he did a hell of a job and you want to see more of neon v you should probably vote for neon v in the current um, potential player sponsorship thread that's up uh and then perhaps throw a couple bucks into the pot just to get that dude two more events because i think he deserves it uh if he's not picked up already uh so that's that's top eight uh, this was shared by Incross. Actually, a huge shout-out to Incross for throwing these together after most major events. Uh, you'll have this dude in there putting up all the essential information for you if you want to catch up on things. Uh, all the the official video, the VODs, all that stuff. Uh, none of this, this bunk-ass shit on the side that people trying to rip videos and try to get paid. None of that shit. Official VODs as provided by Ancross and well the person who did it but he linked it there in the post regardless he'll do that every time uh, and a huge thank you for this information uh, and final round just in general was one hell of a show in fact most of the rest of the things we're going to talk about are just highlights from that tournament I feel like a lot of people got excited about Street Fighter 5 again season 3 for whatever like that Capcom Pro Tour. Once you see those views come in, once you see that high-level production, once you see strong players come out to events and they really put up a show, that's some good stuff. I want to point out a whole bunch of highlights here. Uh, for example, Fudo uh, versus uh, Kazunoko. Uh, in this situation, 
Fudo does a particularly obvious fully charged Stan Hart kick uh, on wake up. It's Oki pressure uh, after a, I believe it's a back throw. He does back throw, immediately starts charging that hard kick. Any player could see that and say, well, I see that coming. It's fully charged, so he'll be positive on block and he'll be point blank rage with. If you're playing against an Armika player, that's that's the danger zone. You've flown into the danger zone uh, in the most erotic of ways, and you want to get out of it. If you have the meter, V meter for it, why not V reversal? And in this instance, I think this was, I think this was intentional. This is an intentional punish. What Fudo does, he does that fully charged stand hard kick, immediately cancels it into his V trigger, calls that a dash kill because he saw that Kazunoko performed a V-reversal. He saw that. At least I think he saw it. I know, I can't say for sure, but I want to say, like, Fudo's a very strong player, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here uh, that this was an intentional punish that calls the calls the V-trigger in response to the V-reversal. Uh, Nadeshko comes from, from downtown. Kami gets clipped because of the recovery on the V-reversal. And Fudo gets a full punish for the kill. It's quite impressive. Uh, and people who play Mika should be thinking about that. How much do you know your opponent to think they'll probably be a reversal in this situation? If I show them something very obvious uh, and they haven't shown that they can, I guess, in this situation, the other thing that Kazunoku could have done was just wake up EXDP in reaction to it, but he blocked. And after he blocked, he performed a V-reversal, Fudo, V-trigger, punish. Very classic, and anyone who plays Armika should learn this setup and exploit it for all you can. The other thing I want to call out, Tokido versus Knuckledew. Uh, clean ass round, starting with a beautiful, beautiful parry. I'm going to keep rewinding this video to show you, for anyone who's watching the video portion, uh, of Tokido. And this is something that you see Guiles do a lot, but they'll do, they'll do like a crouching medium kick into any number of things. Uh, doesn't have to be a back hard punch as Knuckle Dew did, but it could have been a number of things. Could have been a, a Sobat, for example. Tokido was fucking ready. Saw that crouching medium kick, got hit by it, but then was like, mm, I'm going to parry. I'm going to parry. Immediately parried, caught the burn fist, puts him into a combo all the way into the corner, and just, he runs a clinic. It's like, it's, he wore the gloves for this one. He, he cleaned up. He washed up. He held his hands up like a weird doctor would and said, I'm sterile. Show me to the emergency room. I have a patient to operate on. And just slice knuckle do apart. Hell of a round. Uh, well played from Tokido, and anyone who plays Kuma should look into that. And also, anyone who plays Guile maybe reconsider pressing buttons after a catching medium kick. Uh, speaking of Guile, uh, <laughs> and also uh, Gamer B, who is playing Kami now, which I actually think is, that's a good decision for Gamer B. Uh, she's good damage. Uh, she has good options. She's a pretty strong character. I would say she's stronger than, uh, than Nikali is in this version of the game, but a very fast, clean round for... For Game Ruby to was this to send yeah this was to send Daigo down to losers uh, very well played from Game Ruby 
this uh, this final perfect. Uh, very clean the whole way through. So if you play Cami, play against Guile, man, look at that opening. That's one of those things that I want to talk about here is that he opens round two. Gamer B, a very strong player, very smart player, opens, opens the round with a spiral arrow. Why would he do this? Think about this. Uh, because you see many, at least in low-level play, you'll see this in low-level play all the time. And it's one of those things where like, well, obviously I'll just, I'll block and be extra patient against low-level players because they're going to do the thing that doesn't require them to enter into the neutral whatsoever. Sure. Why does it work? It works because Daigo respects his opponent. And Gamerby was like, eh, fuck you. Fuck you, guy. Uh, hold the spiral arrow and I'm going to run a clinic on you afterwards. Uh, very well played round. Uh, something to think about, just like that, adding that little extra bit of crazy into your game. Uh, not necessarily like crazy risks, like I'm going to wake up with a DP because I'm just thinking about maybe I should panic. Ah, don't do that. Think about your crazy. Have a reason why you be crazy. Uh, and in this case, probably expected the Daigo. I mean, all he does, you can see in the video, Daigo starts the back fist. And because of that, Game B catches him clean with a spiral arrow. Uh, it's one of those things, man. Like, he expected his opponent to do something to zone him out that wasn't a sonic boom. He didn't even spend meter to do EX spiral arrow. Because at that point, Cammy can reach Guile before the sonic boom comes out even. So she didn't even have to worry about it. Doesn't have to worry about spending meter. She just expected him to press a button or maybe even move forward. Because how can he react to that? It's hard to do. Street Fighter Five. All right. On to the next highlight reel. Okay, here's something that made me smile. And it should make anybody smile. And I want to point this out because it's a good video to to have in the books. Uh, Itabashi Zangief versus Nemo. This is the first Capcom Pro Tour event that they have met each other in, in the bracket, after Capcom Cup. After the infamous handshake, which we all saw. That one handshake that is uh, has been memed about all the time uh, and it was good fun uh, good fun rivalry and this was a good set between the two this was the first time they saw each other in uh, in Pro Tour play uh, so if you want to follow that rivalry uh, mark your, I won't spoil the ending of this one because I think it's this is a pretty classic moment that I think you guys should watch uh, this was a good match between Nemo and Itabashi Itabashi Zangief who's playing Abigail I understand it. Abigail is the competitive grappler that you would want to play if you were a atypical grappler player. I should play Abigail if I cared about myself, but I don't. Uh, so I've continued to play Zangief. Uh, and just like really cool shit. Like, for example, Itabashi trying to blow up the, the Aegis and try and get a Aegis trade combo because Nemo has been getting away with Wake Up Aegis far too long. Uh, it's something that a number of Urians do as well, and you should have in your mind Aegis trade combos, because a lot of players can, like, it's not that crazy to have setups if you think your opponent is going to wake up with Aegis. Um, many of them involve a cross-up because it has certain pushback that you can then throw your normal into. You'll your hitbox will interact with the Aegis Reflector on the same frame that you hit Yurian, so it, but it doesn't have a lot of hit stuns, so it's like you recover before Yurian recovers from your medium or heavy normal, just depending on the situation. 
there's lots of shit out there. Look it up, learn it, and have that punish in mind to have some sick blow up on stream in this particular instance. Itabashi Zangief tries it, doesn't quite get it, isn't it? Isn't really at the right range. Um, unfortunately, doesn't get the punish, but this is a fun matchup and the rivalry is fun to follow. And also, you get to see Nemo and not a button up collared shirt with the little, little Alienware logo on the, on the lapel. That makes me sad. It's weird to see him in a jersey. We should get him a button up. Liquid, Team Liquid, please get him a button up. The little, little horsies on the, on the lapel, so I'd like to see that. Okay, moving on to the next highlight. Which is, oh shit, uh, Dogra versus Neon. Neon had a hell of a showing, and I love this match, and Neon has one hell of a round. Uh, this, the final round there was uh, even followed by, um, or at least uh, highlighted by High Fights, if you follow them on Twitter. Uh, and it involves some really good play. Uh, highly recommend checking at least the ending of this match out. Um, and maybe if you want to help sponsor your Neon. Uh, head on over to the sponsorship drive. Uh, we currently don't have the funds to sponsor both Neon or Tourniquet, but hopefully in the future. I mean, we got time before Combo Breaker, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to lollygag around here. I don't want to. I just want to get that. I want to get these guys paid as fast as I can. Get these things planned out. Want to get this stuff done. I'm a busy guy. All right. So that is Neon V versus Dogra. Very interesting match, especially if you. Maybe you want to vote for Dogra in the in the player sponsorship. Next up, though, we have uh, UIUNL versus Storm Cuba. If you hate Abigail, this is the match for you uh, because UIUNL ends the match with a double perfect. In fact, in a matchup which I think I consider a bad matchup, uh, this is one of Cami's worst matchups, in my opinion. Abigail versus uh, versus Cami. I think. Abigail out, outranges Cami pretty much across the board. Uh, she has to be pretty point blank, and once he gets V triggered, it could be lights out for Cami very easily because she's the lowest stun character, lowest health, lowest stun. Uh, it can go sideways for her fairly quick, and Abigail can make that happen. Uh, but NL puts the hurt on Storm Kubo, uh, and that's some good shit kind of theme of this podcast is blowing up Abigail. Speaking of which, Twisted Rivera, my boy. Uh, you might know him from the weekly tournaments that we run, uh, but he plays Alex. I love his Alex. I love watching a solid Alex player. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, but your boy was out there bopping Storm Kubo. Unfortunately, uh, Storm Kubo ran it back and ended up knocking out Twisted Rivera from the tournament. However, these were some solid rounds. Uh, very exciting stuff to watch. Uh, these two grapplers slug it out. Uh, solid play overall. Highly recommend checking out that match. And also, maybe following Twisted Rivera if you play Alex. Although I heard he was trying to switch to Abigail, so maybe don't do that. Maybe send some hate mail his way. Also, I want to redact that on Mike just because... I don't want to openly say into your microphone that you should send hate mail to anyone because that's not nice. That's not nice behavior. Don't do that. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. All right. Next up on the docket, uh, we got a, a list of interviews. Uh, we had a lot of people down there. Well, not we, uh, but there were a lot of people down there at final round interviewing a number of top players, getting a ton of really good interviews. For example, uh, I love this uh, Meta RD interview. Uh, it actually really uh, 
uh, opens up pretty much everybody to what's going on in Mena's head and the mentality of what I think. Uh, I think the dude has a winning mentality. Like if you want to follow this guy's style um, and his mentality, it's just those things, like little things you got to think about of you know, what does it take to actually be the best and to be mentally strong enough to be the best. Even if you yourself don't consider yourself to be the best, like what do you have to think about? Uh, there's a lot of really, really good and useful information in this interview and I highly recommend checking it out. Also, a very awesome revelation is that one of Mena's favorite games is Dead Space. And he's correct. That's a very good game. Dead Space is very good. Dead Space 3 is kind of not so much. Dead Space 2 kind of in between. The original Dead Space though. Mwah, so good. And I think we can all agree with that. That was a good interview. Another good interview. Uh, kind of want to give a little highlight to, highlight to Proving Grounds. Uh, they did a bunch of interviews. I don't. I actually don't know how many they did because they're still releasing more of them. Uh, but there's a really good interview with Ricky Treat Ortiz about how she thinks about Chun in season three. Kind of talked about earlier in the show of what Chun can do. We saw the Javits moments of Chun Lee. Maybe you get all your crush counter punishes. There's also a weird. I don't want to get into it, but there's a weird conversation about the crush counter spiraling out animations versus her forward hard kick uh, during V trigger it gets really funky uh, but that's just some insider tech talk that I won't bore you guys with on a podcast instead I'll tell you that uh, Ricky's mentality going into season 3 I think is very strong and I think that you should look out for her in season 3 and I'm looking forward to seeing the waves that you can make in the Capcom Pro Tour also another esports uh Proving ground or just proving grounds interview was with Alex Myers. Uh, I think that Alex Myers again another person with a great mentality, uh, and they've been killing it recently. Um, I think that he has the potential to go pretty far. Uh, he's with Tempo Storm, and I would highly recommend following his Twitch uh, and interacting with his his Twitch community. Uh, he has subscriber like subscriber days where he just like pretty much puts all of his efforts towards whatever the subscribers want, uh, helps them through matchups, helps them with uh, watches their matches, does match review, uh, and getting that top player insight I think is super important. And I also think that's super important from like an esports team's perspective. I think that that's a smart pickup from, I mean, he's been with Tempest Storm for a while, but I think that that's what you have to do as a sponsored player of harboring not just... I'm the best at my my craft, my game, and I'll compete well, but there's so many other things you have to do outside of just competing that help everyone succeed and help your team succeed and help the FGC succeed. And I think Alex is doing that, and for that, I congratulate him, and I would recommend checking out this, uh, this interview. There's a lot to be uh, learned from it. Okay, I'm going to end the news with a little bit of sad news about Final Round in that there might not be another one. Uh, this was all posted by uh, Shin Blanca on Facebook, and I recommend reading it because I I don't know where I stand on having an opinion on this. Um, the way that it comes off is a bit crass and it's a bit callous, and I understand that. Like. I moderate the R Street Fighter community. I'm calloused as fuck. Y'all are monsters. Fucking stop. 
I get it. And I can understand where Shinblox is coming from because there's a lot of things. Like what he says objectively about the FGC and the support that he gets from Final Round or what the FGC supported with Final Round is like pretty true. No matter what way he comes across, even if you don't, if you if you disagree with the way he comes across, that's fine. But it's hard to to disagree with his position, and I think that can be a huge problem for. Uh, smaller communities, especially when the Capcom Pro Tour uh, is kind of where it's at. And a lot of people are worried that, oh man, Final Round's going to be gone. Like, what's the next what's the next first CPT event? I always look towards Final Round being, the, which I always thought was funny. It's like the first CPT event is called Final Round. Regardless, like, will it be NCR? Maybe next year it will. But also, you guys have to remember, you got to go support these things. Viewership alone, sponsorship alone, players alone cannot support a huge event like this. There's so many big turning cogs, so many wheels in the machine that it, it basically comes down to you, if you want to go, if you want to support something, you want to support the community, just go. Um, and I think that that's really what Chimblock got you know, dragged down by. Hurt him on the inside. Get a lot of scar tissue from doing that stuff, from pouring yourself out into the community and getting next to nothing or no return on investment, which is a fucking bummer. And you do that enough times, and you can understand why people leave. Like, as major financial players within the community. He'll probably still be around. You can't take the spirit out of someone with fighting games. You could take away all their means and methods to interact with the, the community. You could, for example, move to a location where there's not a huge community. But you'll still search out. Like, you'll still go travel to events. If it's in you, if the bug is in you, that competitive spirit, if the love of competition is still in you, you'll seek it out. It's probably still within him. Regardless, that is the end of all the topics I want to bring up. And before I get into like a sobby hot mess, I apologize, folks. Which brings us to my least favorite segment of the show, shitpost of the week. Ha, I lied. No shitpost of the week. In fact, I want to bring out something that is like, I just kind of want to congratulate the community and like, thank you guys. There's something that I saw initially and was, I kind of looked, looked at through side eyes like pshaw the fuck is this like okay this can be like and i didn't read into it. i didn't read the entire post i didn't read the comments i saw a lot of co people had commented and i saw a lot of people upvoted and was like well i had a very busy day at work today and then this whole thing with the after work dinner regardless i didn't read it until like right before recording this but fucking thank you guys what this is is a essentially blog post kind of thing from user drinking mud about how they just like playing street fighter five and that's like the thing that keeps them going and the community really stepped and they get into, like this user gets into some pretty dark territory of their mentality and how like how depression works and you know the, how like what they're doing in life like i said kind of blog posty but our street fighter community fucking stepped up it was like okay now you're part of us like it's you're okay we'll take care of you 
it's okay to like this game and we love that you love this game and hopefully that you're healthy and let's fucking play some games and it's that kind of reaction that it's hard to see on Street Fighter or Street Fighter because a lot of the time as a moderator at least I'll, I'll see a lot of the things that get reported and it's like oh god that's horrific obviously that needs to go uh, but then it's not so often that things like this get reported where you go oh this is just something that's really great that there are so many people within the community that reached out to this person and said no you are valuable uh, your life has value uh, you are valued stay with us and also fighting games are great and seeing that many people kind of collaborate and come together over fighting games just it warms my heart it warms my heart and I love it and I want to thank you guys for being so welcoming to users uh, new users and bad players in general and pretty much any kind of minority and people who come from you know, positions such as this user who are kind of down on their luck it's kind of tough it was kind of a tough read to read through their initial post but then the responses are just really good just a capital G good and it's something that I can feel good about so no shit post of the week I want to what is the opposite of shit post like here's a gold post from a user or at least from the response from the community has been really great for this post and I just want to thank you guys for doing that and I don't know I'm, I'm glad that our community can do stuff like this which finally brings us to the last segment of the show which is FGC history we talked about final round and how that's sad that that is going away so I want to bring it back to the roots that's right folks this was the first time that ah oh shit commercials uh, this is the first time that final round was involved in CPT the first CPT ever inaugural CPT final round was the inaugural location the first tournament that was CPT and this was the match this was grand finals this is Ryan Hart versus PR Walrog in Super Street Fighter 4 arcade edition uh, and it's a really good set it's really cool to watch uh, it's really fun to watch Ryan Hart and PR Walrog kind of slug it out here uh, they go back and forth uh, through grand finals uh, they get the the bracket reset it's good stuff uh, and it's interesting to see this, even though this was, what, back in 2014? God, four years ago? It's kind of where it all began. Capcom Pro Tour. And it's, I just want to kind of give a little bit of an homage to Final Round as a, a warm send-off of, I'm glad that that event existed. I'm glad that that has gone on for so many years. Uh, this was final round 17, last one we had, uh, was final round 21, and that's sad, sad to see it go, or maybe it won't go, I don't know, that's the other thing, is that it could potentially still continue, given the other tournament organizers involved, uh, with that show, regardless, uh, this is a sick match, and I want to highlight this one, and remind you guys that there's a lot of history out there when it comes to the FGC, not just like the hottest thing that you see from week to week. It can be very easy. Here's the thing. It can be very easy from a passerby perspective, someone who doesn't know anything about fighting games at all, to 
not understand or completely disregard the whole schedule of events, like how everyone has kind of functioned throughout the course of the like it isn't until just recently oh fuck I'm, just, I'm watching this video right now and P.R. Balrog did a fucking sick super punish on a whiff Tiger it, Tiger Knee didn't even whiff Tiger Knee just comes out and P.R. Balrog is like here's my fucking super eat it oh it's so good uh, very well played by both players here regardless uh, where was I it's very hard for newer players to get I guess inundated with the plethora of information that there is with fighting games in general and then to like get them on board with like the whole season of events the whole tour of events uh is kind of nuts if you think about all the information someone kind completely brand new to fighting games because there's a lot of people if you think about the demographic of people who do not enjoy fighting games or haven't gotten or haven't quite gotten into fighting games that's a big number think about that person and what it would take to get them I guess up to speed. I guess that's kind of what this segment tries to do is get those people up to speed. Regardless, this is a match I would highly recommend checking out. And also at the start of this match, uh, I think James Chen and Ultra David do a good job of explaining the stakes here uh, and also the history of these players. And it's a good starting point for Capcom Pro Tour and it's a good starting point for anyone who is interested into getting into fighting games in general. Uh, so I'd highly recommend checking out this match. And it's hype as fuck. PR Balrog's use of Balrog's focus attack. That's a bad focus attack. It is objectively a bad focus attack. But fuck, if he doesn't get good usage out of it. My man made a, a junker of a focus attack ride thousand miles. Hell of a hell of a play from from PR Balrog. Regardless, that's a podcast, folks. Uh, I apologize for anyone who has gotten to this point of the of the podcast and put up with uh, this hot mess of a show. Uh, so just sincere apology from me, Joe Monday. You can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter and tell me in all the ways which I fucked up. Or you can reply directly in the comments of this thread if you're watching through the post in the subreddit. Or if you're watching on YouTube, fine. Okay. Get some some hot mess there. That's cool. Be sure to like and subscribe, of course. Make sure you hit that like button. Smash it, in fact. Uh, focus, dash it. Red, focus, cancel, smash the like button. There's a bell involved somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, do that. Uh, also, uh, follow the R Street Fighter official Twitter account, which is at RedditSF. That's at RedditSF on Twitter. And that's the show, folks. I'm going to log off before I say anything incriminating to this microphone, and I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Until next time, Most Power for you.